Good morning, everybody, and happy Easter to you all. Welcome to church this morning. I know that we are gathering from far and wide and settling in uh, for church this morning. So I'm so glad that you've been able to join us on this beautiful Easter Sunday morning. Our call to worship is a reading from the gospel attributed to Mark. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, the Mary, Mary mother, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so they could embalm the body of Jesus. Very early on Sunday morning, as the sun rose, they went to the tomb. They worried aloud to each other. Who will roll back the stone from the entrance of the tomb for us? Then they looked up and saw that it had been rolled back. It was a huge stone, and they walked right in. They saw a young man sitting on the right side of the tomb, dressed all in white. They were completely taken aback, astonished. He said, don't be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, the one they nailed on the cross. He has been raised up. He is here no longer. Go, see for yourselves that the place is empty. And now, go on your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he is going on ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, exactly as he said. The women left the tomb as quickly as they could, beside themselves, their heads swimming. They were stunned. Let us worship together. When we come together each week, we light our chalice. And when we come together in this time, we greet one another. Those of us leading worship greet you to let you know who is here. So let's start with that and then move to our chalice. If you have a candle to light, bring it near and listen to all of us as we say hi. I am the Reverend Liz Weber. Glad to be here with you. Happy Easter. We've already heard from Reverend Howard Dana, our senior minister. Let's go next to Gail. Well, Gail, you're muted though, and I can't unmute you. Good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you all and worship together with you. And Adrian. Good morning, happy Easter. Beth. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be here with you today. Happy Easter. Anderson. Good morning on this blessed, beautiful, sunny day today. Happy Easter, everyone. Dawn. Good morning. And Eric. Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. So good morning, everyone. If you have your chalice handy, I invite you to bring it and kindle a flame. We light our chalice each week in our Unitarian Universalist tradition for the hope that we bring one another and the hope of ancient stories through the years. And today, we light it knowing that sometimes hope is a mysterious thing. We come to a tomb expecting to be able to mourn and then find that the stone has been rolled back and are told that our teacher has been raised. We say, what does that mean? And we are called to continue on until we find that hope. Let us join in the response for our chalice lighting. O flame of our faith, open our hearts 
and fill our bodies and souls with persistent strength, enliven our spirits and engage us deeply in this life of ours, this sacred essential moment now. I invite you all to now join me in a song that I think will be familiar. The tune will certainly be familiar. The chorus goes like this. Dance, dance, wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he. And I'll lead you all wherever you may be. And I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. Try that chorus with me, and every time it comes back. Dance, dance. Dance, dance, wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he, and I'll lead you all wherever you may be, and I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. I danced in the morning when the world was begun, and I danced for the moon and the stars and the sun. I came down from heaven and I danced on the earth. At Bethlehem I had my birth. Dance, dance, wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he, and I'll lead you all wherever you may be, and I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. I danced for the scribes and the Pharisees, but they wouldn't dance, they wouldn't follow me. I danced for the fishermen, for James and John, they came with me and the dance went on. Dance, dance, wherever you may be, I am the Lord of the dance, said he, and I'll lead you all wherever you may be, and I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. I danced on the Sabbath and I healed the lame. The holy people said it was a shame. They whipped and they stripped and they hung me on high. They left me there on the cross to die. Dance, dance, wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he, and I'll lead you all wherever you may be. And I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. I danced on a Friday and the sky turned black. It's hard to dance with the devil on your back. They buried my body and thought I was gone. But I am the dance and I still go on. Dance, dance, wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he. And I'll lead you all wherever you may be. And I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. They cut me down and I leapt up high. I am the light that will never, never die. I'll live in you if you live in me. I am the Lord of the dance, said he. Dance, dance, wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he. And I'll lead you all wherever you may be. And I'll lead you all in the dance, said he. Dance, dance, wherever you may be. I am the Lord of the dance, said he, and I'll lead you all wherever you may be, and I'll lead you all.
Thank you, Beth, for leading us in that song. I want to welcome you again to this Easter service. We have gathered in this busy week in this strange time. We have gathered knowing that it is Holy Week for Christians around the world, that it is Passover for Jews all over the world, and that soon we'll be in the month of Ramadan, celebrated by Muslims. I want to welcome you no matter where you fall in this spectrum, Unitarian Universalists, um, we are folks who understand that religion is a broad, broad tent, and we are glad to be in it with everyone else. So this morning we focus on the life of Jesus of Nazareth, uh, but we know that we do that as fellow people of faith with others of faith all around the world. I want to let you know that I'm thinking this morning of our uh, partner church, our partner congregation in Seke Karister, Transylvania, Romania. I heard from Chaba and Ava this morning and got a beautiful picture of their family. Uh, they led church online as well, and they assure me that everyone is doing well there, that the young people are looking out for the old people, and that they're doing church online. So even in that place far away, which also feels a little bit frozen in time sometimes, they are doing church just the way that we are doing it this morning. I want to welcome folks who have joined us who may be new to the congregation or may have discovered us through friends. We are so glad that you have joined us this morning too. And I assure you that we will be here every Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, no matter what else is going on in the world. And I want to welcome you warmly to this Easter service. Beth now has a children's message for us. Good morning once again, everybody, and happy Easter. If you are like me, you've been doing a lot of walking around outside in the last few days. And one of my favorite things to see as I've been walking every day is the daffodils that are coming up. Uh, first, it was just the green shoots and then the bulbs. And then in this past week, the beautiful yellow flowers that are so cheery and so vibrant, telling us that spring is definitely here. These daffodils always bring to mind a song. It's one of my favorite songs. And uh, I'm going to sing a little bit of it to you now and then tell you a story about the person that the song is based on. The, uh, the chorus goes like this. Bring out bells of Norwich and let the winter come and go. All shall be well again, I know. All shall be well, I'm telling you. Let the winter come and go. All shall be well again, I know. This song is based on the words of a woman who lived almost 700 years ago. Her name, or she was called Julian of Norwich, and she has been very much on my mind during these days. And one of the reasons that she's been very much on my mind is that like all of us, Julian practiced social distancing, but she practiced it her whole life. As an adult, she did this by choice because she was a woman of deep Christian faith and she made her life's work, the study of the life of Jesus of Nazareth, his teachings, his healings, his death and his resurrection. And she cared about this so much that she took a vow to live all by herself. 
and she lived in a very small cottage attached to a church called the Church of St. Julian in the city of Norwich, England. She did this so she could devote her whole life to praying and to writing and to giving spiritual counsel to people who walked by on the street. Julian lived during a very difficult time for the world. There was a terrible plague that was going through England and through Europe during her lifetime, sort of similar to the pandemic that we're experiencing now. And it was also a time of a long, long war and a time when there was often famine and not enough for people to eat. So people were suffering quite a lot and, and came to her for counsel. No one knows exactly what Julian looked like, or even if Julian was her name, but there's a picture here I want you to see that is one artist's idea of what she might have looked like. You can see here that Julian is looking through the window at us. She would have lived in a house that was attached to the church that had one window that looked into the church so that she could watch the services and be part of the services. But she also probably had a walled garden, a garden with a high wall with a window in it. And she could look at that window and see the people passing by. But she couldn't leave that space. There was no door. Julian had really vowed to stay in that space all her life. Her only companion was that cat you see in the picture right there on the windowsill. He stayed with her and probably took care of the mouse population in her cottage. Julian spent her days with her cat praying and writing and she would go to the street and from a distance she would offer spiritual guidance and counsel to people who were passing by and had problems. When she was a young woman, Julian became very sick and she almost died. But when she recovered, she reported visions or what she called showings that she received from God in her sickness. And she spent really the rest of her life writing down these showings and interpreting them so that she could share them with others. And the things that wrote, the writing that Julian did back then was in English and it's the first writing by by a woman in English that we have to this day. Based on her visions, Julian believed that God was a force of love that moves through and holds all of creation, sort of like, um, like a mother or a father. If you see the greenery around the window, if you can still see that picture, that greenery represents all of nature and that Julian could see in the flowers and the trees and the animals in all of creation, she could see the love of God. She could see the love of God in those flowers that bloom, just like the daffodil that I was talking about. Julian preached a message of hope and love to those who passed by her window. And she is most famous for the words that you see around that window. She was told by God, she said, that suffering is a part of life. Suffering will always happen but that ultimately all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. We may not quite understand how that will happen, but we can have hope that all shall be well. And so I'd like to go back to that song that I sang to you at the beginning. This is a song that was written relatively recently about Julian of Norwich and 
it really has her voice in it. So I would, I'm going to invite you to sing along with me. The words will be on your screen pretty soon, along with a picture of the uh, church in Norwich. And I invite you to sing with me and see if you can hear Julian's words of hope in this song. Loud are the bells of Norwich and the people come and go. Here by the Tower of Julian I tell them what I know. Ring out bells of Norwich and let the winter come and go. All shall be well again, I know. Love like the yellow daffodil is coming through the snow. Love like the yellow daffodil is Lord of all I know. Ring out bells of Norwich and let the winter come and go. All shall be well again, I know. Ring for the yellow daffodil, the flower in the snow. Ring for the yellow daffodil and tell them what I know. All shall be well, I'm telling you, let the winter come and go. All shall be well again. Thank you very much, Beth, for that wonderful children's message. It was great to see those daffodils and to hear that song and to learn a little bit more about Julian of Norwich. Let us continue with our Easter story. This is Luke's version of one of the things that happened after uh, Jesus was crucified and buried. So listen along and then we'll unpack this a little bit when I've done the reading. It's a little on the long side, but it's such a fascinating chapter in the story. This is uh, from the 23rd chapter of the Gospel attributed to Luke. The same day the women went to the tomb, two of Jesus' disciples were walking to the village of Emmaus, about seven miles out of Jerusalem. They were deep in conversation, go, going over all of the things that had happened. In the middle of their talk and questions, Jesus came up and walked along with them but they were not able to recognize him. Jesus asked, what is this you are discussing so intently as you walk along? The disciples just stood there, long-faced, like they had lost their best friend. One of them, named Cleopas, said, are you the only one in Jerusalem who has not heard what's been happening during these last few days? 
Jesus asked, what has happened? They said, the thing that has happened to Jesus of Nazareth, he was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by both God and the people. Then he was betrayed to the authorities, sentenced to death and crucified. And we had our hopes up that he was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. And it is now the third day since it happened. But now some of our women have completely confused us. Early this morning, they were at the tomb and couldn't find his body. They came back with the story that they had seen a vision of an angel who said Jesus was alive. Some of our friends went off to the tomb to check it out and found it empty, just as the woman said, but they didn't see Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, so thick-headed, slow, so slow-hearted, why can't you simply believe all that the prophets said? Don't you see these things had to happen, that he had to suffer and then only, only then enter into his glory? Then Jesus started at the beginning with the books of Moses and went on through all of the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that referred to what happened. They came to the edge of the village of Emmaus. Jesus acted as if he was going on, but they pressed him, stay and have supper with us. It's nearly evening, the day is done. So he went with them and here's what happened. He sat down at the table with them. Taking bread, he blessed and broke and gave it to them. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared. Back and forth, they talked. Didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road, as he opened up the scriptures for us? It's always good to remember that the gospels were written for a people in exile, a people frightened, a people who are in a community that is brand new and often under threat. We hear in this peculiar story a little bit of what it must have been like right after those tumultuous days in Jerusalem. We know having followed Jesus in on Palm Sunday and through the Last Supper on Monday, Thursday and watching his crucifixion on Good Friday, that everyone around him thought it was over, thought that this amazing ministry had come to an end, that this amazing life had been put out like so many others who had offered hope. And we know that all the people in the story are Jews and that the Sabbath is sacred. And so when Jesus was taken down from the cross and buried, then there was nothing to do the next day, but to observe the Sabbath, as was their custom. And so the first chance for folks to go and actually take care of the burial practices happens on what we know as Sunday morning. The women go and they have this strange conversation with a man there, and the tomb is empty. But the reading that I just read, I think is one of the most amazing, because it translates so well to how we are as people. The story tells us that there were two of Jesus's friends just walking along. They were probably in a little bit of a daze. They were probably a little frightened by what had happened. 
they're leaving Jerusalem and they're going to Emmaus. They're getting out of town, basically. And as they walk along, this mysterious stranger shows up who seems to not know what's been going on. And they talk with him and as they explain things, they have this sensation within them that they should know this person, that they should have some connection to this person, but they're so caught up in what's going on in their lives and what has happened in the last few days. In fact, the strangeness and the trauma of it, that all they see is someone who will listen to their story as they walk along. And then Jesus does what he always does. He has this strange way of further confounding the situation, of making people who didn't quite know what was going on before even question more. He starts talking about the books of Moses and the prophets. And this must have been very strange and very confusing to his companions. They walk along and walk along, but it's not until the companions decide to offer hospitality to this stranger, to press him to stay with them and to have a meal that he truly reveals himself. The story tells us that he took bread just like he had at the last supper and he broke it. And all of a sudden they could see, all of a sudden they understood. But I wanna go back to a little point in what went on earlier because Jesus gives them a clue to what's going on. Let me grab the reading so I get the line right. He says to them in their conversation, so thick-headed, so slow-hearted, why can't you simply believe all that the prophets said? And this, I think, is a message to us as well. So often we're so busy just keeping it all together. We're so busy figuring out how we're right and how things happen in a certain way that we lose the ability to see miracle and to see hope all around us. We lose the ability to open our hearts and to open our minds to something new, something unexplainable. I'm a Unitarian Universalist minister, and so I'm not gonna sit here and explain how the resurrection happened. That's not the point. The point is, that the resurrection happens over and over and over again. It happens when we open our minds. It happens when we open our hearts. It happens when we see new friends among strangers with us on the road. In this strange, strange time of social distancing, I'm so aware when I go for a walk around town that there are people sometimes walking alone, sometimes in twos or threes. I assume that they're in the same household if they're walking close together. And I give them a wide berth. I try to keep those six feet apart. The other thing that I try to do is I try to look at them in the eyes. I try to smile to them. I'll nod or say hello. And very often they do the same. We are all walking the road to Emmaus right now. We are all just confused by these times. We are all just in need, as much in need of companionship and a kind ear to hear our story as were two of Jesus' disciples long ago. And so I want us to remember on this Easter Sunday 
that it doesn't matter how it happened or if it happened or when it happened, but it happened. And if we keep that with us, we too will offer hope and offer miracles to those that we encounter. We're gonna hear a piece of music now and I invite you in the chat to write down in five words or less a response to this question. In this time of trouble, where do you see hope and miracles? In this time of trouble, where do you see hope and miracles? And after the music, I'll read some of your responses. There are now over 85 messages, so I'll read just a few of them. You can go back through the chat at your leisure during coffee hour and look and see what everybody said. But some folks said, in my garden, small smiles when I go for a run, in nature as I see it, in new baby chicks, the sunshine, in transforming our emergence in the faces of children, walking with the divine mystery, talking to my grandparents and people who are helping others, together time and family walks. I see hope in human kindness, spring and new babies in the coming spring, pansies, mystery, my daughter, resilience, witnessing people doing their part, kindness of strangers, friendship, nature, music, art, love, virtual connections and cats, mama and daddy, a child says, in my sewing machine making masks, nature and other people. I see hope in the youth of this church, in flowers, in birds, in those who risk themselves to help others, in the garden awakening. It goes on and on and on lots and lots of miracles and hopes. Thank you so much for sharing these in the chat. Take a chance to look at them when you can. And now Gail is going to sing the song for us.
So I have the children's choirs on my brain right now because this is a song that we were going to sing together. And I think some of you know it. So I'm actually gonna shout out to you and ask you, when it sounds familiar, can you raise your hand? And I invite you all to sing this beautiful Louis Collins song called Blessed, about open heart and rebirth, to sing the chorus with us when it comes, which goes hallelujah, blessed are we each day. given me the melody as it poured forth from my heart. You have blessed me with a meter as it feeds through my veins. As I walk with you and listen, your words come to me. Oh, blessed are we this day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 Roots go stretching down to draw their strength from the soil. Upward grows the plant, always reaching to the hot fading sun. Oh, blessed are we this day. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. your wisdom, love burst forth from our hearts. We plant our feet upon the earth to draw our strength. Open wide our arms, reaching toward the sky. We flood it with light, our blessing on this day. Clearly blessed are we this day. 
Hallelujah, 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 share the joys and sorrows that are in our hearts. We ask for support from our fellow parishioners. I invite you always to send me the prayers that are on your heart, the important events of your life anytime during the week. And if you would like to be held by this community, we will do that. So in this moment, I invite you to Maybe close your eyes if you'd like and just get into a place that feels grounded, that feels ready for prayer and meditation. And picture our church, picture our community. Maybe imagine being in the sanctuary and looking around at the faces that you would see each week and the faces that you see just from time to time the people you would sit beside and the people you would see from afar. And in this moment, we send our love out to our community. We send our love out to one another. We especially lift up Tom Beck, who is continuing to receive treatment for lymphoma at Mass General Hospital. He and Susan are feeling hopeful and they appreciate all of our calls and all of our cards. We also especially send our love to Neil and Susan, to Neil Brock and his family, especially to their extended family as Neil shares that his parents, Bud and Zeal Brock of Evanston, Illinois have recovered from COVID-19. They are back now in their independent living facility and everyone is feeling very relieved. So we send our love to one another and I invite you to call out the names of those who are most on your heart and mind so that we might honor them together.
Will you pray with me? Oh, love that is stronger than death. Help us to remember what to do when we have come to an empty place. When our expectations or hopes have not been fulfilled. When we are confused and dismayed, sad and afraid. When we are in pain, in need of solace. Help us remember what to do in an empty place. Help us to remember that all is not lost. All is not what it may seem. If we continue on the road, we may discover a new great companions. If we are open and trusting, we may truly see one another's beauty, the miracle of this life. We may truly know the beauty and miracle of our world. We give thanks today for old stories and ancient truths, for Jesus and Eastertide, for mystery and metaphor. We give thanks today for the miracles in our lives, the miracle of hope and renewal, of springtime, of recovery from illness, of our simple human kindnesses to one another. All of this and so much more. We give thanks that hope bounds, that miracles abound. May we remember Julian's message that all shall be well. May we continue on the road to Emmaus together, open to all of the possibilities that lie in our path. May all who are suffering today find solace May all who are joyful find their joy doubled. And may each of us, by our daily living, make our world a better place. Let us sit together for a moment in silence and in hope. Thank you.
it is good to gather each week and we gather knowing that the church goes on and on. Um, it has just moved online. It's amazing all of the things that are happening right now, all of the ways that people are connecting and the many ways that the programs of the church just continue on. I know that lots of us have had a crash course in Zoom. I'm just amazed at how well we are all doing. We've learned how to chat in the chat. We've learned how to turn our cameras on and our mics off when we're done speaking. It's just amazing what is already happening. And the other amazing thing that's happening is that there are people who are tuning into this service who we haven't seen in many years in the doors of the church. My sense is that all of us are hungry for connection and hungry for the things that this community can give to us, the ways that it can share what it has with others. And so I'm gonna ask you to share what you have with us. Very soon, a number will appear on your screen. This is the number to make a donation during the offering. It wouldn't be church without an offering. So all you need to do is text a number to the number that's on your screen. You can text a two zero or a five zero or one zero zero. And if it's your first time, it will prompt you through how to set it up with a credit card. But if you're already set up, you can just make a donation to the church that way. And if for some re reason something has changed and you need to edit, you can just text edit to the same number and that will allow you to switch things around. So a good, an offering for the good work and witness of First Parish in Concord will now be gratefully received.
Good morning. Christ is risen. Spring arises from barren winter. All will be well. We'll see a light at the end of the tunnel and come out the other side and society will be reborn. So in the future, looking back on the year 2020, what miracles or minor miracles will we remember? We might be saying, I would never have believed we'd be so far ahead with universal health insurance and sick leave. And so many employers are fine with continuing telecommuting. What a miracle that the US held free, fair and safe elections in 2020, we might exclaim. It was a miracle that hundreds of thousands of undocumented immigrants and others were released from incarceration just in time to protect them from being consumed by the virus. And what a miracle that women's reproductive health was sustained in spite of the pandemic being used as an excuse to reduce their access. It was certainly a miracle that youth-led Earth Day was such a success and opened so many eyes to the connection between the pandemic and the environmental future of our planet. And thank goodness for that miracle that um, the much greater negative impact on African Americans was addressed in powerful ways to lessen their deaths from the virus in their communities. Miracles are one part chance or a greater power, one part effort, and one part faith in our ability to affect change. After the pandemic is over, we will be measuring our own integrity and our UU spirit by how many miracles we had a hand in. Our social action groups are working on opening up the universe to inviting in all of the miracles I just mentioned, and your help is welcomed. Thank you, Adrian. As we begin to close our service today, I want to invite you to Stick on here as long as you'd like. Um, it's fun to be in the chat for coffee hour. Uh, if you wanna make sure that everybody sees what you're saying, you'll wanna have your chat setting on participants and attendees, or for some folks on an iPhone, it may say everyone. So just make sure your setting is correct if you want everyone to see it. Of course, if you wanna chat with one of us individually or just with the worship leaders, that's also a setting as well. So there is an ongoing UU Easter egg hunt. Um, I'll bet you thought we were not gonna have an Easter egg hunt, right? That's usually what we do between the two services on Easter. Well, you can do it virtually. And I actually went and did it this morning. It was really pretty fun. First Parish in Concord is participating in an online Easter egg hunt with other Unitarian Universalist congregations in the United States and Canada. You can choose between the easy hunt or the difficult hunt. And uh, you simply follow the eggs. So when you get to a website, you click on the egg and it'll take you to the next website. It's a fun thing for children and adults alike. Um, we'll put the link to that in the chat and it'll also go out in the FP Weekly. Just a reminder to you to pay attention to the First Parish website and to FP Weekly. There's a lot going on that you can participate in and those are the two places that we're really trying to keep things up to date. Uh, some folks have been having their FP weeklies go into their spam folders. So please check your spam folder. Uh, sometimes it just captures things that uh, it thinks it has too many um, addresses for. So check your spam filter 
uh, for that each week. And another place to see what's going on is Facebook. So if you like us on Facebook, you'll get messages from the church throughout the week as well. We're also still doing the drop-in uh, chat on weekdays. That's Monday through Friday between 1 and 2 o'clock p.m. You can just come and go, say hi to folks. There will be a staff person on those chats, and the link is in First Parish Weekly. And again, just a reminder that the Transforming Hearts online course is still open. Uh, there's a chance to take that, to do that at your leisure, and then you can join in uh, the discussion groups that are happening. I'm so glad you were at church this morning. Now let us join in our closing song. Please join me as we sing our closing song. One of my favorite is Come Sing a Song With Me. Come sing a song with me. Come sing a song with me. Come sing a song with me that I might know your mind. And I'll bring you hope when hope is hard to find. And I'll sing a song of love and a rose and the wind time. Come dream a dream with me. Come dream a dream with me. Come dream a dream with me that I might know your mind. And I'll bring you hope when hope is hard to find. And I'll bring a song of love and a rose in the winter time. Come walk and rain with me. Come walk and reign with me. Come walk and reign with me that I might know your mind. And I'll bring you hope when hope is hard to find. And I'll bring a song of love and a rose in the winter time. Come share a rose with me. Come share a rose with me. Come share a rose with me that I might know your mind. And I'll bring you hope when hope is hard to find. And I'll bring a song of love and a rose in the wind have a blessed week. Thank you, Anderson. And pay attention right after the benediction because there will be a, a, a wonderful surprise. So just keep listening after the benediction. 
But now it is glorious, beautiful Easter Sunday out there. The earth is returning to spring after the winter. Flowers are blooming everywhere. The birds are returning and are singing. Animals are waking up and we are waking up too. We see around us everywhere, miracle and hope. We know we are connected to one another and to all people throughout all time. Please join in the benediction saying, now go out into the world in peace. Have courage, hold on to what is good. Return to no person evil for evil. Strengthen the faint hearted, support the weak, help the suffering, honor all beings.